2: Hey everyone! It is the Redmen Originals podcast. Me, I am Paul Machin. Uh, I am alongside Chloe Boxham and Dan Club. No Chris Payjack this week. Uh, he is—he's a little poorly, been under the weather. Uh, so we've let him have the time off. Um, he was like, "I can, I can, I can make it in in the afternoon if needs be," and I was like, "No." Mm-hmm. No, because nobody wants uh, his leggy. Um, but send some positive messages for support. Put some happiness out into the ether. Just think, think of a healthy Chris Pageach when you're having your lunch or your tea or you're on your commute or whatever. Just think, think good thoughts and send them in his general direction. Um, good thoughts shouldn't be too hard to come by because Liverpool are, of course. Absolutely unbelievable at football. Um We're going to be talking West Ham, uh Liverpool one, West Ham, Liverpool three, West Ham one. Uh, and in part two, we're going to go back a little bit and uh, a little chat about Lask and, and and talk about some of Liverpool's remaining sort of issues on on the pitch. Look at the the back, the DM position, and what have you. Uh, but that's later. Now it is uh, Liverpool one, Liverpool fuck me, what is going on? Jeez. Liverpool <laughs> three, West Ham one. Um Chloe, hi. Hello. First 15, um, they really gave us a game and I think it kind of showed the difference between what David Moyes has been in his past incarnations and it kind of shows what a a good team he's got there at West Ham really, that they were capable of coming and getting in Liverpool's face and hey listen, they they caused us problems on another day, if they had a better striker, uh, we're going to come on to talk about him later on but um, they might have actually done us a bit more damage than they did.
3: Yeah, I think a lot of teams, especially from last season, believe that they can come at Liverpool straight from the off. We were even talking about it uh, at Lask on the post match shows. We were talking about how Lask at home aren't scared. They pressed us, and Liverpool couldn't deal with that press in the first 45 minutes against Lask. And West Ham are a much better team, uh, much well drilled as well. And look, for. 15 minutes of those games Liverpool were in real struggle Antonio could have had one Suchek should have had one but Alison Becker mm-hmm. makes an unbelievable save and we were extremely close to once again going down 1-0 uh, but Alison Becker my word he just shows that he is the best in the world in his position because he's the reason why Liverpool once again uh, went 1-0 down in a game of football
2: yeah and I, I mean like shades of my saving for a Saturday the week down I, I thought that time. was it. Yeah, I did <laughs> think that immediately yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I my mind Mind yeah, one, like, yeah. Um no it's right. I I mean
3: My, oh, no, never mind. It was Edda. Sorry, I can't. Antonio reminded me of you for a second and then I was like, no, yeah, yours. Talking. You just blasted yours out of the cage. Never mind. Yeah, did
2: it. The um we will, yeah, more on that. Um Dan, yeah, the Allison thing's interesting because he like last season, he stopped us from having a uh, he turned a bad season but uh it's not a bad season not a catastrophic season. Mm-hmm. If he's making saves now, then that's the beauty of having the best goalie in the world. It's covering up a couple of the deficiencies in the side, but ultimately when you've got what. You don't buy a world-class goalie and then get upset when he has to make world-class saves. That's why you've got a
1: world-class goalie. Exactly that. And it's interesting. I kind of said a very similar thing yesterday on our Poachmaster stuff with Ever. It was a bit like you almost don't want to see him called upon as often as you do and sort of asked to make these world-class saves. Because if you're getting that far at our defence, something's gone wrong. And obviously, like Virgil van Dijk always takes on with the fact that he has to do defensive work. And Allison, kind of similar. Yeah. The bo- you're right. You own these players, and you buy the best in class for a reason. And the fact that we bought Allison at the time, he may or may not have been the best in the world, but he certainly become that at yeah. Liverpool. There's no two ways about it. Yeah. Like the coaching that we've done with him and his personal development has made him the very best on the planet at what he does. And like you say, we own him, so he's allowed to make those things. <laughs> like we all can kind of say, "Oh, Liverpool have got problems." If it wasn't for Allison, if it wasn't for Al- it's like the only Mo Salah thing, but well, yeah, we, yeah. we have Alisson yeah. so that's fine. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He's our goalkeeper, so he's allowed to do that. Yeah,
2: yeah. So. If well, you didn't have Mo Salah, yeah, but they do. We do. Yeah, do. Yeah. they pay him a lot of money to do that job. You know, I mean? it's really, really. Good. And he
3: wants more.
2: Yeah, yeah. Like if Bill Gates wasn't dead clever, he wouldn't have had Microsoft. And yeah. Uh, yeah, but, but he, but he, but, he, but he, was. You know, <laughs> so it's, it's it's fine. Um, yeah, I I think the the major issue still remains is that thing. You know, is 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 a, bit, a little bit of defensive fragility. wanna have a bigger chat on that in part two. But I, what I thought was, Chloe, you mentioned it about like how they approached us it's really interesting i think i wonder whether liverpool are, are changing their tactics in first halves a little bit um because we did i mean like we effectively got west ham on the counter attack and if you told me you're going you're going to go a goal up because okay a penalty but a situation a counter attacking situation against a david moyes team at home you'd be like nope none of that that's that's science fiction writing that you're coming up with there but i like the fact that the liverpool did kind of stick to the guns and and it grew into the game. It was very reminiscent, as I said on my post-match video, of of eighteen nineteen onwards Liverpool, where we were we were really sparkling in the first halves of games, but we'd figure the opposition out and then second halves is when we'd kick on.
3: Yeah, it's it's a brilliant goal. I think Darwin Nunes, he needs to be talked about more because in the last three, four games his hold-up play has mm. gone to a different level we all know Darwin Nunes as the, the player who runs in behind is always yeah. on the shoulder of the defender but his hold-up play against Wolves was exceptional his hold-up, uh, his hold-up play uh, against West Ham was exceptional as well and he he makes it stick Liverpool haven't had a lot of possession we actually being bullied a bit yeah. um, and he's the one and I remember as soon as he brought it down I said just protect the ball lad. just protect the ball and he protects it And then instead of going back and maybe, you know, being a bit calm with it and just not risking it, he risks it. And you see the reward when you do that. He risked a a nice little ball, um with the outside of his foot to, to Luis Diaz and his run is phenomenal as well he's, he creates the space Luis Diaz doesn't quite get the ball right I mean it, it hits him on the back of the leg as he's running there's not much you know Darwin Nunes can do about that but it's the fact that Salah's also gambling Sal is gambling that this ball is going to ricochet or be around him yeah. somewhere and he's so fast he's so it's in his natural instinct to just gravitate towards where the ball might actually pop up yeah. it gets his foot to it it's no more penalty um, and I'm so happy for him as well because I remember in the cop, as soon as we won the penalty, everyone was like, Right, who's taking it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because for once it wasn't, Yeah, it's Salah That There were so many people
2: going, Thomas like, Take it. Yeah. We well, you reckon Darwin's going, oh, going to take it? bro? Yeah. And it's like, No, Salah's. Salah's there, he's yeah. the pitch. He's
3: and uh, he takes it and he, he blasts it away, which I, I like for him as well because he's he's had a rough little time with those penalties recently.
2: Yeah, if you're going to blast it, put it in the fra- inside the frame of the yeah. goalposts. That's Please. probably a, a decent way to start. It was an nailed on pen. It wasn't it, Dan? It really was. And I mean, it's great to have that because I find that whole narrative around Salah diving and stuff is a bit, just, it's just boring. It's over. It's overplayed. Um, so when there's one there, there's, there's just no... No decision to be made other than it's it's a penalty is great and it's a close point. Imagine just taking a penalty and scoring it like it's nothing. yeah, good. It takes these things off the almost off the agenda. Well, not of our agenda, but off outside of Liverpool people's Yeah, agenda. absolutely. Yeah, and like I said, it was nailed on. There's no real, there was no real
1: sort of long drawn out VR process or anything like that. It was just penalty. They probably had a quick conversation. I would imagine because all these things get checked all the time. It was... Salah, is there any way we can not yeah, give this exactly, penalty? Yeah, yeah <laughs> one of them. Yeah, there must be a way. There must be a loophole somewhere we can find. But no and Anfield as well, that doesn't happen very often. Mm. But yeah, nailed on. Pen um, Salah steps up to take it, and it's interesting. That you You both said there was conversations in the cop. Obviously, I was here watching the game. And to me, it was always Salah's on the pitch. So Salah takes it. There wasn't even a doubt in my mind. But he took it. And he often whacks him. We obviously whacks them on the Champions League final and stuff like that. So it's not a huge surprise. But having tried to place a couple, I know he misses the one at Bournemouth, he tries to whack it and yeah. gets that wrong. So it's interesting that he reverts back to run up and just hit it as hard as he can. And that was the option he went with. And I think even if the keeper had a got to that, he might have gone in with it because he absolutely smashes it. And a little bit of bends, you know, comprehensive, emphatically taken. it's nice for him because there probably was... I don't think he was a million miles removed from being genuine questions about his penalty taking. Yeah. You're probably only one, possibly two misses
2: away from being like, right, now we I need think to talk it, about this. I think it's the one. I, you know, he's, he's missed too many yeah. of late, yeah. you know, and particularly when you've started, you've now got lads. I mean, there's going to be a point to be made and it won't be after this game because, sober's lies, free kicks were awful. <laughs> um, but... He Trent's not on the pitch, so there's a conversation where. So I was, like taking a few. There'll be a bit of data on what he's doing with stuff, and then there might be. He's more likely to be on more when Trent comes back in the team because he's had a chance to do it. And Salah's in that situation where now you've got subs so on the pitch. I mean, Darren Nunes tucks us away really well mm-hmm. against yeah. uh, against Lasky. There you know, was a guy who had. You know, we don't know whether he's going to be how he's going to be because he's such an erratic human being. Um, but you know, he'd have he'd have surely made a case to be like, well. I, You've seen that I can see that I'm doing I am the number nine. After all, it's not many situations where you don't give it to that to, to, no. to that guy. So yeah, no, good 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 for him. Um Dan I'll stick with you on the, the equaliser. Um it's a fantastic goal from from Jared Bowen. Yeah. Like in terms of the athleticism to get down, mm-hmm. you don't see that. You don't see many diving headers. It's a bit of a lost art form. Um we Chloe and I were having a bit of a discussion about it when we came off the ground about like kind of like Virgil Van Dyke's role, and my immediate reaction was like, "Oh come on, Virgil!" Because he 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 spots the danger. Yeah, he gets back in position,
3: compensate. But
2: it, yeah, and it's a bit like he's then almost like, "I'm now in." And then Bowen just goes again and he's he's caused a little flat-footed for him.
1: No, I think he is. Yeah, I think mean, that's a pretty fair assessment. So we should say Bowen was a nuisance all afternoon up mm-hmm. until that point as well. And where sort of Suchek, I'm reticent to say Suchek failed with his header because he probably thinks he's scored if his when Alisson obviously gets down. And where he kind of failed and Mick Antonio definitely failed, Jared <laughs> Jared Bowen, Jared Bowen, that header's outstanding. It's like ridiculous. he's lot no, loads of pace on it, but to get that load, to stoop and guide it into the corner like that gives Alisson no chances. a really smart header from him. But in terms of Van Dyke, and I suppose bringing Bowen into this equation is interesting as well because whilst Van Dyke is a little bit passive and he's a little bit on his heels, he's caught a little bit flat footed. Bowen's the opposite, he's proactive and he's moving towards the ball and he sort of anticipates what could come quicker. Now, by the time Van Dyke probably realizes that Bowen is getting ahead of him and is more likely to get to the ball first, if Van Dyke reacts, then there's a good chance he kicks his head clean off his shoulders. So I'm quite glad he didn't do that, but I do. I do have very, very small question marks over Van Dyke in that instance, because as you both said, he gets into position well, and he probably thinks, okay, I'm fine here. I don't need to worry anymore. But he does need to be a little bit more anticipating what could happen and sort of the movement in and around him. And the fact that Bowen, you never like to see attackers getting front of your defenders, full mm. stop, do you really? So the fact that that's been allowed to happen yeah. doesn't reflect particularly well on Van Dyke. So I don't think he covered himself in loads of glory, let's put it that way. Come on.
3: Yeah, it was one of... I mean, we're talking right after the game. So people who aren't at the game they get so many different looks at this we only get one yeah. and in that one look what I've seen is a root one ball up top four men around Jared Bowen and Antonio and Anto- Jared Bowen wins the header mm-hmm. Antonio really well somehow reacts first and gets the ball when we've got four men there he's then passed it out to Kufala, I think it is mm-hmm. and we've got four and they've got three and Liverpool should just be defending better yeah. all over the park for that entire thing the Bowen header is outrageous it's a ridiculous header there's no taking away from that. But the reason how we get in that situation is just due to people not being switched on, not reacting quick enough. The fact that Antonio got to a ball first when we had four men around and was a bit ridiculous. Um, and I was angry because it had two minutes to go till half-time. You'd felt like even though we'd controlled the game of possession, it wasn't like a, a calm collective game. They'd had their chances. Liverpool were a little bit slow on the ball. We we needed to sharpen up, move it faster. Yeah. Um and it was like just get us in at what term one nil make a couple of little changes here and there um and get get a team or so get Jurgen to, to see what he's seeing and give the feedback back and go again and I thought like you mentioned there Virgil Van Dyke recognises the danger he's he's done the hard part yeah, he's yeah. got back yeah and then what he's done with and I understand people are saying yeah but he's going he's he's facing the wrong direction to then switch but turn your body round and jog back that way then. I know you can't because you need to go full pelt, but I just think the positioning of it, it's just Jared Bowen goes again and he's not alert to the fact that Jared, but he thinks that Jared Bowen's just going to stand there. Now he's got Virgil van Dijk in front of him.
2: It's one of them, isn't it? You know, it's I, I'm i inclined to give, in, in the the heat of the moment, I was a bit annoyed with Virgil being a bit flat-footed. Yep. Having watched it back, I'm more inclined to just say sometimes players do brilliant things mm. and yeah, I, I think you're right in all of that being a bit sharper to, you know, first and second balls around yeah. the box. That should be Liverpool tidying that up long before it gets there but when it comes to that, once that ball comes into the box, it's actually just brilliant reactions a from Bowen, you know, the football, way he shifts his yeah. weight and gets himself there and gets down. It's, a, it's a, I just think it's a brilliant finish and sometimes you do that, like, players do that, you know what I mean? Yep. And he, he's a little fella, a load of sense of gravity than Virgil, and he just gets the, gets the better of him. So, yeah, it's, it's one of them. If, if we, if we have to point a finger of blame, Van Dyke probably should. Defend that better, but at the same time, as you say, if he defends it better, he's he's, he's quite possibly decapitating <laughs> Power <isn't laughs> right, in, in the process. <laughs> Salah should have scored, should have say before that as well. He had a big chance. I say he should have
1: scored. He should do better. He has a big chance on the edge of the box and oh, it could yeah. be two 0 and he, and, he fired, and that's it. really nice football, yeah. And it's the sort of moment that Salah normally laps up, but he gets it slightly wrong. So we should have doubled the lead before yeah. we actually conceded. Yeah.
3: And look, we won the game, so ultimately it doesn't matter. Yeah. And we're all just nitpicking here, but it's because there is still some question question yeah. over our defensive ability and maybe that's why we highlighted it in the moment. It doesn't help that it was three minutes before half-time and the fact that we had enough men back to sort the situation out and we hadn't in the, like two different stages the, beforehand. The thing
2: that got me and I referenced it in the post-match content but didn't have the way of visualising it, I'd, I'd looked at SofaScore at half-time in terms of where they were getting their chances from and it's obviously I've got the on SofaScore the, the shot map is still, is still there and you can kind of see it's a cluster but it's, it's less pronounced at full-time because they got some shots from a variety of other places but at half time all of their shots came from basically between the penalty spot and the edge of the six yard box yeah. which is like the perfect place to be if you're going to try and have a shot on have an effort on goal and that was a little concerning of mm. you, keep not your box limit them to limit something. that's where it's, that's Van Dijk and Matip and the goalies territory you centre off should be dealing with everything yeah. that, come, that comes into there and that was a little a little uh, mark of concern and it's me.
3: also I think someone read a stat to me the other day that was like Liverpool have had the second best defence in the league and it shocked me it shocked me because it feels like Liverpool of like being conceding first all the time, and it feels like. Well, surely that can't add up because we've conceded in quite a lot of goals here. Yeah.
1: It's often just one. It's the fact is the first is obviously a yeah. big blow, but also we do, we are still conceding big chances. Like we're yeah. speaking about the first half here, much less so in the second half. But the Antonio one. If you go Su- back Jeff to that, one. you'll
3: see Antonio's, you, you, and it just goes off in the other. Yes, terrible. They
1: had like a fifty p. But um, <laughs> <laughs> there was the Wolves one the other week. We could have easily been two nil down. Yep. The Wolves if Cooney, Cooney, Cooney gets it right, and that's another instance. You're talk about there, Paul, in terms of he's in front of the goal. He's between our yeah. goalposts. He's only be six yards out maximum so there is an issue in the fact we're letting too many balls come into the box and not only come into the box they're finding opponents when they're doing so as well so either the full backs aren't stopping crosses or the centre halves aren't dealing with them when they get there so there is an issue and we're winning games right now so fine happy days but we could do with sort of addressing that before it gets out of hand yeah yeah, no,
2: absolutely um, Joe Gomez I thought he had a really good game Um he is. There's a number of players, and there always are. So I'm, I'm, I'm quite, laissez-faire say, fair and light-hearted when there's players get into an amount of criticism, particularly ones who've been at the club for a lot for a longer while. There's always been at Liverpool, any Liverpool side ever has always had one, two, three lads who just can't win the fan base over no matter what. Um, and Gomez, I think, has, has become one of them for us. Um, I I think the way we used him, we, we just played him more like a right back. You know, there's times when he did drift into the into that missiles of midfield space a little bit, Chloe, but we weren't necessarily giving him the ball there. It was just a functional thing. We weren't going, right, Joe Gomez, you're now our playmaker from a deep lying in, you know, inside right defensive midfield position. Um he just got to do what he did well he used his pace on the cover really well he got up and down the pitch really well I suppose the attack but the feds, it, was just a, it was a it was a good Joe was probably one of his better ones at right back I thought anyway
3: yeah I thought that right hand side did really well I think we'll get on to Joel Matip because I could write a book about how good he was the other day uh, I thought he was phenomenal as for Joe Gomez, yeah I think the first 15 when everyone was struggling there's one where like he, he takes a bad touch or he goes down and he's asking for a foul but no one else inside that stadium is thinking it's a and a chance comes from it. but he grew into the game once we'd settled Joe Gomez settled as well and like you mentioned sometimes you saw him in uh, the Trent inverted right back position sometimes you just saw him out wide mm-hmm. uh, linking up with Moose Salah linking up with Sobersly. Um and yeah it was a decent performance for him he got in a couple of really good areas where if the final ball in a cross goal uh, is good enough he, he probably gets an assist he nearly got a goal but uh, it's <laughs> slithered past him to Diego I, I would
2: love to see like a highlight <laughs> compilation of Joe Gomez's Near misses of, of breaking his Liverpool goal yeah. score and talk that one, and you see it in slow motion. He got he reacts just a little too late, and it's obviously just a little out of his reach. But he just sticks the foot out, and he's, the goal's there, begging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah bless him. We were we having this before. Like, do we think he's ever going to score for Liverpool? If he does. I, I, I I'm not sure what a celebration
3: is going to be. I was thinking
2: be. that then. I was wondering what a celebration might be. Yeah, that'd be fascinating. He's definitely getting booked for a celebration,
1: no matter what it is. Yeah. I think <laughs> it'll be
3: like the fifth goal in the 5 0 win, and he'll just stop and he'll just high five Verge. I think, I genuinely think we'll wait so long for it, and then it'll be this this goal that's just the fifth goal in the game, and him and Verge just. I'd give like it in that.
2: for it to be a, like a Vincent at- Company. Leicester style, against yeah, 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 just something a goal that matters. All I ask is that if you're going to go that long, have your goal be one that, that matters. Um, Curtis disallowed goal, uh, Dan mm-hmm. it, brilliant pass from Sober's Light. It was the one thing that we've not really seen actually from Curtis in the last couple of games, which we saw which typified how he played the midfield at the back end of last season, was getting into the 18 yard box. Um, He's far off in a pre-VAR world. He mm. might even get away with it. Um... But yeah, it's it's lovely football on the build-up and the actual the anticipation to get into that position is great.
1: Yeah, it was, yeah. And it's really another really interesting performance from Curtis Jones yesterday, I thought. And it's something I referenced again in our post-match stuff because it was quite a workman-like performance from Curtis Jones. I've seen stats at half-time that were talk about sort of the amount of duels that he was winning, the ground he was covering. His pass accuracy was really good as well. I think that was in the high 90s. So it was a really solid display for him. And know we got a standing ovation from Anfield when he went off as well. And that was kind of testament to the, the job he's doing at the moment. And I say that in on purpose, really, the job that he's doing, because that's what it feels like to me. Now, with Curtis Jones, we know he's got a lot of sort of skills. He's got a lot in his armory. But it feels like he's having to sort of almost rein himself in a little bit. And yeah. I sort of reference it in the, in the way that I talk about Gini Wijnaldum as well because mm-hmm. when we signed him he was a lad who got assists and scored goals for Newcastle yeah. and he went away to Holland and he got assists and scored goals When he came to Liverpool he just did a job very yeah. well but he just did a job and it feels like Jones is doing something very similar at the minute because we know he can score we know he likes to sort of try his luck from range and shimmy past players and be that creative and make things happen and you get to see glimpses of it but because he's got Sabozlai and McAllister and Diaz and Nunes and Salah etc. around him he just thinks either thinks it or he's told it I don't need to be The flashy lad to make because I always talk about his academy days and the fact that he was the one get me the ball and I'll show you what I can do and I'll yeah. be the one to take the game. He's not doing that anymore, which is fine and it's even more fine because he can do it. Yeah. And if he's ever called upon to do it, it's another lad on the pitch who's got stuff in his locker to make things happen. And that's so so exciting. But I'm really impressed with Curtis Jones. I think he's found
2: a little niche for himself in this side and he's fulfilling his duties brilliantly at the minute. Yeah, yeah absolutely. He ticks a lot of boxes, you know, he doesn't lose possession of the football. And this, the case can still be made there's one or two times where he holds on a bit but actually I thought he really typified what I I enjoyed most about Liverpool's performance Chloe because there's a bit in the second half where it gets a bit the game threatens to get a bit naughty you know it gets feisty it gets gets heated there's a couple of like not necessarily bad tackles thrown in but you can sense that there's a tipping point to it and I think Liverpool last year might have been a bit meek but Curtis Jones was kind of at the centre of things he was refusing to be bullied, I think is, and then he, all of a sudden, you know, you're getting backed up, Sobers going like, well, I'm not having this. Sobber's tearing 30, 40 yards down the pitch to go and go shoulder to shoulder with someone, just to prove a point that he can get the ball back off them. Curtis holding onto things and getting stuck in. You've got obviously Darwin, Nunes, Lizard, Diaz lives for it. And even like McAllister, who's kind of, we're thinking of him as this, like, is he quite the right fit for the DM? You know, he's this cultured, and he's this silk glove of a midfielder. Um, but they're all ballers And, that's it's the most Jurgen Klopp sort of aspect of a Liverpool team. It's the thing that we adore watching as Liverpool players, and that's for you know watching of our Liverpool players. I was made up to see that because again, Curtis, it's it's about feeling like you deserve to be on the pitch and feeling like you've got something to lose. And I just thought he handled it brilliantly.
3: Yeah, I think his performances are underrated because, like you mentioned there, I think he's being told that you're no longer that flashy player. We need you to get stuck in. We need you to retain the ball. You know, Sabasai on the ball is the one who's going to unlock things. Mm -hmm. McAllister too. Uh, And I think... Curtis Jones is needed there for the balance I really do and I think that's why maybe we've reined him in a little bit it's great to see that he can still make that run you know he, he was a left winger so he's mm. very versatile but he's also got the the attacking ability, he knows where he needs to be he knows uh, the runs he needs to make the spaces he needs to occupy the finish is lovely as well I mean, it, it was an unbelievable ball to him mm. uh, it's great to see that but also what I loved uh, from him the other day was his pressing the the way he pressed the life of a goalkeeper. If it if it didn't go from the the left back, he'd then press the goalkeeper. He'd then press the right centre back. He'd then press the right back. And then you just felt the card like getting up and up and up for it. Yeah. And like you mentioned there, there was some there was some. Not great tackles, they weren't horrific, but it was also some of the referee decisions that just weren't giving our way. And the crowd were getting angry, the crowd were getting up. And the Reds then just went into a different gear and said, you know what, we'll just take the ball and we'll control the game even more. Um, And we went into a different gear. And it was very much, in that first half, I felt like we weren't winning as many battles. Mm -hmm. We weren't... um, we weren't strong enough all the time but in the second half our midfield dominated uh, we weren't allowed to do that as much in the first half especially with the first 15 but in the second half we we dominated the midfield and that was key to, to winning the game
2: yeah no I absolutely couldn't agree more on that um, I, just linking it in then with one of the players that we mentioned again the tirelessness the way they get stuck in what?
3: are you going to say Sobber's oh
2: I wasn't oh, you know I don't talk about Sobber's line first half of podcast no.
3: Tireless, tireless. Darwin the bestiates.
2: Yeah, I was going to do. I was going to do Darwinine, Um But you're right. It's, that's God. quite funny. Those tireless. You know. like could, could have talked. It could have talked about any single one of those guys.
3: We are going to talk about Saba at some point. They're right. We nope. can't possibly.
2: No, not on the agenda. Going down. Well, I'm do going,
3: going to make it him? about myself okay, and Sly so 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 At can some do, point, yeah, you
2: know, because like We'll do it after this. Um, um, Darwin Nunes mm-hmm. Dan he has that miss the one that he towies <laughs> past the post yeah, I remember. Um, and I think if he does that at this stage of last season I think his head goes mm-hmm. but instead it was more like a number nine should be of oh, sorry another one's going to come and I'm going to stick the next one away and ultimately the goal that he does score is a, an infinitely more difficult finish and chance than the one that he actually misses a few minutes earlier. Isn't that just Darwin in a nutshell,
1: though, quite frankly? He misses the one that he absolutely should score and then pulls off the outrageous one over his shoulder where he just deftly flicks it past the keeper. It's just him summed up, basically, in the, in the space of two chances. Yeah, I mean... I To sort of riff off what Chloe was saying earlier, I think Darwin's all-round play has improved a lot. Certainly in recent weeks, I think his hold-up play, sort of that old-fashioned number nine stuff that he's doing, he's doing it really, really well. And it's clear to see that there have been improvements in him as a footballer, since he arrived at Liverpool, because I think the times last year, it was almost as if... if it's like when Cody Gapo comes in, he kind of shines a brighter light on this, because if Darwin doesn't score in games, what is he bringing to the party, yeah, yeah, essentially, yeah. last season? Yeah. Whereas now, in recent times, he gets his goals, but also he's offering all this other stuff as well, and that's
2: massively important. I, on, I, can, well, no, no, I was talking to my dad about it um, yesterday, and he was said it was like, it was just... Great traditional number nine yeah. play from him. You know he's getting up, and he's not just like flicking things on, or, or you know it's not. Quite, he's he's controlled heading it to people mm-hmm. to bring people into play. He's like chesting it into yeah. people's path. It was it was one of those things. And I I came away from it, and all I could think of, I watched. Uh, I've watched a couple of bits of Man City games recently. And I know I'm not going to bring up the tiresome Harlan Darwin Nunes comparisons, but it's more like as a number as a number nine, Erling Harlan misses all kinds of shit, mm-hmm. and he looks really stupid when he does because he's massive and he's he's, he's just an awkward-looking human being, but he's never asked because he knows when one really comes to him he's just going to bury it and I'm starting to feel like not I feel like that way about Nunes but actually Nunes feels that way about Nunes as well yeah absolutely I think confidence is a major major factor in what
1: we're talking about here I think he's got a few goals under his belt already this season and he is just living off that and and that yesterday was living proof of that because like you say he misses the one but it doesn't seem to get to him whereas in previous incarnations of Nunes you see a different man for the next 10-15 minutes I mean fortunately you don't have to wait that long for the next big chance because it is a matter of minutes later. But what was so frustrating about the first one, obviously the score is 1-1 at the time and the game's on a knife edge and you don't want that to be the moment that defines his performance. Yeah, you don't know, want Because I think he's already seen Jota and Gakpo warming up. He's probably thinking, oh God, I need to do something big here. And then he misses that. You might be thinking, oh no, my time's coming. And that wouldn't have been fair because performance deserves better than that. Yeah. But that build up for what could have been that Darwin goal was exceptional. Like the patience and the precision that there was. And then we find the space and Darwin's movement's really good. And then obviously he misses at the crucial of time but the goal itself I mean the pass from McAllister like I was really impressed with McAllister generally yesterday because yeah. I've been I don't want to say critical but I've been questioning him as a six because I don't know if his defensive instincts are there necessarily but what he is good at and what we signed him for is that type of stuff because yeah. that pass is just phenomenal That's
2: and the skill of Nunez Thiago does those passes and you know like you, you like Barcelona midfielders you know, in yeah. pump of Barcelona perform passes like that no I, I agree so thing, good. it's a beautiful it's a beautiful goal and it was just again it's that the vibe on the cop thing of like because it's there it's, it's like, that in front of you, yeah. the one he starts past the post is like I'm like I'm in line I'm in line with that. So you're like oh Christ mate that's a that's a, that's a thing isn't it? But you know he, keep, he keeps going he keeps smiling and yeah the, the the finish is just it's it's out it's outrageously good. That's just a, a, a number nine absolutely loving life in a, you know an absolutely yeah flying in the role
3: yeah it's a ridiculous finish to be perfectly honest the, the way he's you know time does run first of all the ball's brilliant but when he when he did it I still didn't I, I was like it felt like it hung in the air for ages to me um, and he stabs it past the, the goalkeeper so well but the thing I loved about Darwin Nunes his performance was he, his his work rate was unbelievable. He gets you know he, he makes a couple of hours in the first half by just wanting to run all the way back and yeah. help press. He if someone beat them or they won the ball back, Darwin Nunes was tracking him from his striker position, yeah. and it happened in the second half when it, you felt anxious inside the stadium or you felt like oh he's just missed a chance. We really we really need a goal. Yeah, he was the one every time Liverpool lost the ball and we could potentially be counted. He was sprinting back with yeah. their players yeah. and he was trying and what he was doing was it meant that we had players who could double up and then even though he may not have won it he's put the player under pressure that someone else can come and get the ball I loved the fact that I was watching him and I've not seen this from Darwin Nunes he'd make one run he'd not get picked out so he'd get back onside, he'd make another, and then he'd make another, and then he'd make another. And it was non-stop. The amount of running out of him, and it caused space everywhere else in the middle of the park. Yeah. Because like like we just mentioned with Berwin, then for his goal, he initially makes a run to the back post and then cuts across mm-hmm. Virgil. Well, what Darwin Nunes was doing, he was running off the shoulder. Then he'd come in front of the man and run off in that way. And he'd constantly do it. Uh, he deserved the goal. I thought he was boss. I thought he has been boss the last couple of weeks. And those two goals from the Newcastle game, I think if he would have just scored them and we'd have won 3-4-1, you know, I don't think he'd be playing like he is right now. I think he's improved massively. But I think the way in which he came on and grabbed the game by the scruff of the neck, got the goal that got us back into it and all of us were like, oh my God, have we got a point here? Yeah. But instead, he dispatches two incredible goals in that game and gets us the three points against the Champions League side. It's like... That the confidence that must have gave him has led him to believe that he can do what he's doing now. Um, and he is my number nine at this moment, it is his shirt, and the others have to fight for it.
2: I totally agree on this. And I like, I'm just getting the numbers up so far. Uh, combined goal contributions so far this season, in seven seven games into the season, Mo Salah's got eight, and Darwin Nunes got six. Salah's got four goals and four assists, but Darwin Nunes has got four goals and two assists, and he's actually played less. Yeah. yeah. And he's done it. Salah's played 537 minutes. Nunes mm-hmm. only played 313. So, what you're talking, 224 minutes less than Salah. And mm-hmm. he's got the same amount of goals as him. Now, you know, uh, our basic understanding <laughs> of football for any 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 decade prior to the last one is well, he's number nine. He should be scoring more goals than the winger. But this is Mohamed Salah who scores 30 goals a season. And our, our number nine never outscores Mo Salah yeah. and, and never has done. Um, these are all done very, very encouraging things. It's you start to see what we bought and I remember saying last summer I did feel like Haaland was best in class Mm -hmm. and and Nunes was full of potential, but he was maybe a season undercooked. And then we were all kind of keen in the summer, everyone was revisiting his first and second seasons and Benfica and what have you. It is early doors, but I agree with Chloe totally. I'm not sure how Gakpo gets gets ahead of him at the moment. Um because look if you score, if you're coming in the team and you're scoring goals and getting assists, well you wouldn't take that person out of the team.
1: No, you can't at the minute, no. And, and we all know how much of a fan of Cody Gakpo I am, but I think at the minute it absolutely has to be Darwin Nunes' shirt. And it's not just his goal involvements that he referenced. It's obviously a huge part of what he's doing, but it's all around play at the minute. He clearly sort of references his work rate, his endeavour. I've never been, I've never questioned his desire to work hard for the team. That's never been an issue. It's sometimes just been his understanding of how he should work for the team. Yep. But he looks like he's got that at the minute. Yeah. So it's a no brainer right now. He has to stay in the side. And I think he, yeah, he's the full package in terms of what you want your number nine to be I've, I've got no question about that whatsoever and we've seen that first hand at Anfield when he played for Benfica because that was one of the greatest number nine performances I've seen for a long time at Anfield he was just no one could get near him that night Virgil van Dijk couldn't deal with him Kanata couldn't live him on the other side he was just a nightmare really really difficult to sort of pin down at any point and we're seeing that now and we're seeing it sort of the advanced version of that as well, because he's a little bit older, he's more mature, he's worked under Jürgen Klopp, he's working with some of the best players in the world. So he could be the full package. Now, he's still a little bit rough around the edges, we've seen that with that miss yesterday, and he can have his moments whereby you think, come on, Darwin. He still (laughs) needs that little bit of refining, but if last year, if we were sort of like 60% of the way there with him, let's put it like that, now I think we're more like 80 to 85% of the way there. Yeah. with him, still not quite done, mm-hmm. but it's a marked improvement and it's really, really exciting to see because as a footballer, as a specimen, we always talk about Haaland being that sort of, if you build a striker. Joey Nunes isn't far removed from that. He's rapid, he's six foot plus, he's good in the air, he gets about, he's got the lot. He just needs to calm down a little bit and refine it.
3: I also think it helps with the the players that we've also brought in in, in, who he's taken a liking to. I mean, Luis Diaz is his best mate. You've got Alexis McAllister. Surely everyone's seeing the video of him just with his arms around both of them at full time. He's obviously got the Brazilian boys there as well. There is a good group of lads there who... And we all talk about how he struggled first with the language. Well, now he's got all these people who are... Who are older than him, who've played undercrop a little bit longer, or like Alexis McAllister played in the Premier League longer, who can help him out and help him relay those messages. So it's it's also the group around him because he just looks like he's loving life at the minute, and, and so does Liverpool as a package.
2: Absolutely. I mean, you know, we spoke about Salah and the evolution of Salah on the podcast last week. It's a bit getting shades of their relationship is a bit like the Undertaker coming toward the end of his career and doing a job for the next great you know star on the on the way up. You know, you make that other guy look good, and Darwin's desperate to make Salah look good as well. He's desperate to give him the ball just as much. And yeah, it's just it's again daily doors in the season, but it's not too much more you can ask for, and it feels like more will come. You know, he's only going to get all those things that he that he does. He's going to get better at he's still mm. he's still young he's still raw those edges he'll get sanded off and he took it and all the lads did They go back to that fighting they took it personally mm. I think I think that um, you know when West Ham did win a physical battle they were like well no and it, what Robertson was referring to last year when it was going shit about how like you're meant to help your mate out you're meant to help your mate yeah. out that's what I saw from that you know it, took, it looked like a tight-knit group of players who were like I'm going to go and fight for you mm-hmm. I'm going to go you know, he's, he's just gone and I had to go with my mates whoa 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 and Taunin is running back like 40-50 yeah. yards to go and stop someone because he's just like no I'm not having that I'm not having someone go past my go past my Alexis McAllister there I'm going to go and get revenge and there was a comment earlier actually um, from from Neverman is here and he was talking about Kurtis with it, and he said after the suit check tackle Jones played with controlled anger and I totally agree with that on the Curtis from but I thought it was true of all of Liverpool's play mm. it could have bubbled over it could have got into being like a, a scrap or a fist fight or whatever but actually it was channeled in the right way it was channeled in the way that we've come to expect the Jürgen Klopp side um, should look like go on Dominic Sobersley
3: Love him uh, I, I genuinely think we might have a world beater I think he is a gem Um I don't have the words because he's like an animal. I have never seen anyone with more energy. I thought Musella was the fittest that ever came in terms of work rate and how 90 minutes into a game, he's still trying for his goal. Dominic Sobersly is running 30, 40 yards in the 95th minute to press someone when they've got a ball in the corner and they're not going anywhere. And it's just, he takes the game upon his shoulders. He's like... I'm the one who's going to... I'm not having this, lads. You aren't taking the piss out of me and my team. He's got everything. He's got the passing range. is ridiculous. The, the assist that he should have had, had been oh. being onside. Ridiculous. His work rate is outrageous. The skill, the way... He strides with the ball, and it feels like in five seconds he's run the pitch because his legs are just so long that he takes up so much ground. Yeah. Um, his work rate back and his leadership—he he was on the pitch and like something went wrong, and Virgil clapped him for his attempt, and he started clapping everyone else for their attempts in and around him for the runs. He's just—I can—I don't have words for how good he is, and. Look the midfield that we had that won the Premier League under crop, I sat there and said, This is possibly the greatest Liverpool sides I will ever see and, you know, the likes of that had a midfield of Genie and um Jordan Henderson of Fambino. Well, I've got McAllister, I've potentially got Gravenbich, I've got Curtis Jones, and I've got Sobersly. And Sobersly, I just I all I keep seeing is Gerard and I missed the best parts of Gerard because sadly he's he started his career when I was not here, or at least when I was a child. Yeah. And if I get to see anything like that in Dominic Sobersly, he's just He's what a, he's lit. It's like someone has gone into a lab and said. I want the best midfielder to play football. What does that look like? He's this foot tall. He's huge. He's a unit. He's got long legs, small feet. I, I Like, I just don't get it. I just do not get it.
2: Yeah, it should make him unstable. You know what I mean? It he should, it should, should tip over Tipping more. Over, yeah. but, um, now, he, we, we were discussing this. In fact, it was a point that Dave, who's one of the, the lads who regularly you know, speaks to us at post-match, has done like, plenty of post-match content, but over the years, he was like, I, he, said, he said to me, I can't wrap my head around the fact that he's only a year older than Fabio Carvalho. And that's, but that, I said, just so some people are just genetic freaks. They're just, yeah. they're born with, they're born with certain advantages, you know, in, in, in that way. And that's just the difference. Danny, you, you buy complete packages, it costs money. Look, 60 million pounds effectively up front is a huge chunk of money to, to throw down on a footballer to go and do the, to do the release clause. But if you're gonna do it, do it on that. Do it on the lad who's six foot two, or six foot whatever. Who's lightning quick? Who can? Who's good with both feet? Good in tight spaces. He's got leadership qualities. So he's a big character as well. And he's got an absolute bottomless pit of fuel in his in his tank as That's well. Ridiculous. He, um, yeah, you don't. You have to pay big money for them because they are the, the he's, he's potentially the, the absolute complete package of a footballer.
1: Oh, yeah, he's a real deal. There's no two ways about that. I think we fought it for a little while now, already this season, but I think yesterday what we witnessed was just further proof of that, quite frankly. He's worth every single penny we paid, even though it was a lot of money up front, as you say, large outlays worth every single penny. He is phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. He conducts himself. You references reference his age there. He doesn't conduct himself like a 22-year-old by any stretch of imagination. He goes about the pits like he's 26,
3: 27, he's 28.
1: Dominic he? Wow. He's just he's a freak. Like I think he's absolutely incredible. And what it is for me More than anything, Chloe Mephens is leadership there and she's right to do so. But there's a moment in the game whereby I think he wins a tackle and gets us back on the front foot and it's a little bit frantic at the time. The game's just starting to boil over, as we've already spoken about. And someone goes, calm down. He gives it the hand. Just everyone just chill out. It's like, you're quite new here, lad. Yeah. Like, I know you're the captain of Hungary. And, you know, you're a very good player. But for you to be demonstrating those levels of leadership, it's just an absolute joy to watch, quite frankly. But what it is, I I referenced this yesterday with Evel, so forgive me for anyone else who's listening for the second time. It's on YouTube as well, but... We know, or we knew a little bit about his quality. I spoke to a lot of different people and they said how good he is, how technically proficient he was. Said he'll score goals from range, he'll do the outrageous, you'll be off your seats watching him, you'll get all that stuff. But nobody ever really made reference to the fact that he runs his absolute socks off and his work rate is different. just through the roof. Yeah. So it's like he's got to Liverpool. And he's taken the weight of the shirt and the number eight and the fact he's working on the Klopp and he's gone, well, I need to go up here. Yeah. Like this is I'm not made it here. This is the start of me. Watch what I'll do now. And he's just taken his own game up and up and up and up. So I maintain... We've seen one goal from him, which is outstanding, by the way. Like, absolutely yeah. outstanding. But we haven't even seen... This is just the, the start of this. There's so, so much more to come. Because you mentioned his free kicks in a sort of a tongue-in-cheek way before. Yeah, He scores worldly free kicks. Yeah. He
2: scores worldly goals he gets will the assist
1: he does outrageous things and yeah. we haven't seen that yet
2: yeah everyone around me on the cop a couple of times where he's just shifting his body weight outside the box and go on exactly it, it hasn't, that moment hasn't quite arrived for him yet where it hasn't quite. he scores the left foot one the other week but like he hasn't quite had that clean strike and goals but he's actually been sensible in that he's not just bland, he's not he's not Phil Coutinho in it mm-hmm. of like I've got my thing I know I can score from here we all had that lad in 5 sides who scored that one in a million super, <laughs> super narrow angle powered shot that doesn't go in ever but every now and again you hit them enough they do you know, you'll know you beat the goalkeeper in the near post um, so I was like knows he's got that in his locker but he's not going to compromise the attack the build-up play when it's oh. not there but you're right at some point he, he's going to be cool and confident enough to be like, okay, is this all good? Uh, you know, I've got cover and if, if this should go wrong, right, Tan, I'm going to blame that. Um, he's played more minutes than anyone for Liverpool so far That's this every season. Every minute in the league, hasn't he? Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, he's got 6.390s out of his seven matches he appeared in, 570 minutes, which is 30 more yeah. than Andy Robertson and 30 more than Alisson, uh, cause of the substitute appearance, um, in the Europa League this week. Um, and as you say, it's not like, I looked at a couple I looked at Diaz yesterday and I was a little I, I thought it was probably one of his weakest games for us, particularly not counting those getting back to full sharpness at the end of last season. That He looked a little he battled well enough, but he looked a little looked a little off. Was Soberslies still legging people in the ninety fifth minute and stuff? Just, just it's great. it's the
3: fact that people on the carpet literally still turning to you and going. How's he still doing this? Like, mm-hmm. how's he still going? <laughs> like, no one can actually believe what he's doing yeah. because it's 95 minutes. You've probably ran the most already and you're still pressing someone. Um, but I also, you mentioned there, like, his his shot. I think he had a shot maybe against, like, Bournemouth, maybe, or Aston Villa. It leads to a goal. Um, I think it was at the cop end. The Jota yeah,
1: goal, gone. Maybe was it? when yeah. the keeper palms it out and Jota falls it in, yes. I think, yeah.
3: Um, and yeah, I, I th- th- the thing about Sava is like you look at him, and it just seems so easy to him. Like it just at no stage do you think he's sweating or he's worried about anything. Um, and he's got authority. He's then just stepped into the team, and he's turning around and demanding uh, that everyone else plays at his level. Um, yeah, I don't have enough words to say about how good he is.
2: We had a song in like 2008 around that time about the best midfield in the world oh yes and you know you had obviously Stephen That's Gerrard mm-hmm. so you had like he was, uh, Gerrard was all energy and dynamism and front foot and, and shooting from distance and raking passes you captain fantastic and you know, obviously I, I met literally the captain you know Xabi Alonso who was all silken and style and control and moving the ball and keeping the tempo going great use of the ball in, in small spaces you had Mascherano who was a terrier mm-hmm. was just like <laughs> Never ran out of energy, would run all game long through brick walls for you and, and get in people's faces and, and bother them. And you'd add like Moses yeah. who again utterly tireless, long leg, gangly, good in the air, would run and win the ball back in any given any given situation. Soberslai like might be the best midfield in the world he literally might be <laughs> he's like he things. might deserve that song just for himself because he is <laughs> there's nothing he doesn't seem to have in his yeah. game you know we we he's a right winger um, and then you know we played him in like an attacking midfield slot doing a bit of 10 stuff but then we played him in a double pivot as well and he's been like this controlling and influence on, on the football match yeah he, uh, he's, he's, he's Bill there you go we've got you thank you Sober's like chatting the only other midfielder I thought who actually ran him close for, for man of the match um, was Lucas Paqueta. I just want to talk no. about him. <laughs>
3: You've absolutely took the best
2: I I really like Lucas Paquetta. I really really do. Him. He is an app. He's a knock. Yeah. He's a bell end. Yeah. Um, I'm a bit like. I'm glad he didn't go to City. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously it's probably because he's going to end up banned for for, for gambling offences or whatever. But. Um, he was the one. I think you know. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about uh, Michel Antonio next. Hmm. Um, we mentioned Jared Bowen already, who caused this Because I think he's a good player too. But um, Lucas Paqueta is—he's—he's he's too good for West Ham. Um, he should be playing for a Man City. He should be playing for us. I don't think he'll ever play for us now because I think we're the players we bought. But he would. He's better. He's well better than Mateus Nunes. Mm-hmm. I'd rather Man City have Nunes than have Paqueta because he's great. Well, they developed that as well when they city because he was yes. the first choice. Yes, yeah, and when
1: obviously the betting stuff came out, that ended City's interest in him, and he went straight to Nunes and obviously got that deal done.
2: Yeah, he was phenomenal. He yesterday. got he got clapped off the pitch that and off Lucas Paqueta, and that's I you thought
3: know, that he... was just because Danny Ings was replacing him.
2: <laughs> Good point, yeah. maybe, but yeah, there <laughs> was uh, there was a lot of like there was a lot of like just admiration you know, for yeah, admiration for that
1: performance because yeah. he was, the and rightly so, he was brilliant. He was, he brilliant, was. Yeah. And, as, and we're not talking about last year. There were times where by midfielders could have good games against us but our midfield was in tatters at yeah. times so it's like was he good or were we yeah. just terrible but now we're talking about we've all waxed over about all of our midfielders performance yesterday yet still Paquetto has a very very good game that just goes to show how impressive he was but you're right I think you know we all due respect to West Ham and the fact that they are champions of Europe of course we mustn't forget that mm-hmm. Um he was brilliant yesterday but One I do think I do think he's uh he's a bit too good for them yeah. And if he doesn't get banned, I mean, there's a move coming
3: quite soon. Oh,
2: yeah, 100%. Right. I'm going to read a quote to you guys. I'm going to read it to everyone at home.
3: Oh, I know what it is.
2: Um, You know what? I think we're going to finish higher than Liverpool this season. Oh, yeah. I'm putting it out there. I watched the game, Wolves versus Liverpool, because it was before our game and Wolves could have run away with it. Uh, they had quite a few opportunities. We've got them this weekend and it's a six-pointer. We've got them. Not my words... Chloe, Bloxham, Dan, Club, audience watching and listening at home. The words of Michel Antonio ahead of Liverpool's three-one win over West Ham United. Um, Exquisite. Ah, ah, um, brilliant, Chloe. He
3: also said he backed himself against our defence and then got pocketed by Joel Matip for the he entire got, game.
2: Well, I, more importantly, I mean, like Virgil van Dijk, totally and utterly. Dominated him from from the whole the whole football match. I think uh, you know. I uh, know you, uh, you've spoken a lot about Matter's performance. I thought Matter was all right. If I'm honest, I thought I thought Matip, I thought Matter was very much at the like at, at the full extent of what he still has as a footballer to keep Michel Antonio quiet. Virgil van Dijk made it a point. Of beating him, he actively made a point of stepping up and winning headers just for a laugh and making it look painfully easy against them. I described him in my post match um, as uh, the answer to the question of what happens if you strap a, a jet engine to a bin lorry, um, and you know he's a he's a he's a big, strong, messy handful. Um, and, you know, he made a huge run for his back there, and he did not back it up in any way, shape, or form. No,
1: they never learn, did they? Like you know, <laughs> they just never ever learn. These people. I mean, Clinton Morrison, you fully remember what, that years ago, he had a right like, go at Michael Owen and uh, something a uh, miss he did, and then went on to miss a big chance himself at Anfield. So yeah, they don't learn these these strikers as simple as that. But yeah, I mean why even bother why is he even speaking on a podcast in the Build Up To A Game about us I don't understand the world we're living in to be honest with you but yeah madness Uh, I think Chloe and yourself are right I don't think he had a sniff really we kept him at bay pretty much throughout and and, and quite impressively so really because I actually think he's He's a nuisance, yeah. here, isn't he? He yeah. can be very hard work, Michael Antonio, because he runs forever. He's big, he's strong, he's quick, and yeah, he can he can make life difficult for you. But he didn't on this occasion because we just didn't let him at all Joel Matip I thought Joel Matip was really
3: good I thought Joel Matip was incredible I think he's really good I understand what you mean with Verge. I think at first he might have tried Verge and when he realised he wasn't getting any luck at all yeah. he was like no yeah actually I'm going to go on Joel Matip's side yeah. Joel Matip just bullied him and bullied him and bullied him and bullied him over and over and over again and I think uh, I didn't include it in my vlog but there was a specific part where he hit the deck once again and to sum up his performance I think I turned around and said why the F are you on the floor again lad he spent <laughs> more time I'm on the floor, then he did with the ball on his feet he was literally every time he just got bullied and just fell to the floor and was asking for things um, and it's why would you do it I understand you're saying you back yourself and stuff but think it in your head <laughs> don't come out and put a target on your back because every time you miss every time you F up every time you take a bad touch that entire crowd is going to be on your back and it happened from moment one when he messed up that header which should just be nestling into the bottom corner a very easy chance it's a free header and he puts it so far wide that if you had another goal next to Allison's goal, it still probably would have hit the post that you just that happened so early on in the game and he just let the crowd then get on his back for it um, yeah I don't know why you'd ever do that I'm fine with you backing yourself I'm fine with you thinking you have a chance I actually like that but think it all in your head and then once it's happened then maybe you can turn around and say well, I, th- I, I really thought yeah, I, yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. like that's fine don't say it beforehand put more pressure on yourself and more pressure on your team
2: I, I'd not seen the quotes ahead of the game so but I again it was the people People around me in the ground, like and and the reaction to him, just laughing at him. And, and every time I like, get what well, matter, but Van Dijk came out ahead of him. It was like it gave the crowd a lift. And I was a bit like, "It's Michel Antonio. What are we doing?" You know. But <laughs> and like, well, we yeah. know he's a handful. Him, you know, we've seen him cause Man City problems. So he's he's he's, he's a good target man, centre forward. right, he's caused he's, he does score goals, does cause problems. He is he's key men. to how they how they play. Um. But, yeah you basically right. just what are you, why why have you why have you done that, you idiots? just yeah it's it was it was it was um yeah, changing room wall kind of stuff, wasn't it, like you yeah. pin it to the mirror you know and 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 give the team a little bit of extra fire, just mad, I mean, I'm just gonna read you some of his stats you played seventy four minutes. He has uh, expected goal zero point one two. Now I'm better man he misses an absolute sitter, sitter of a header, mm-hmm. complete sitter of a header. <laughs> and doesn't just miss it, he misses it a, big style ooh, as well. Yeah. <laughs> um so dribble attempts for uh, Too successful. Okay. Uh, tw- just 24 touches of the ball in the whole game. Uh, only five of eight accurate passes. Um he
3: only One eight
2: passes. cross, zero, uh, zero accurate. Uh, ground jewels, uh, he won four of his 10 ground jewels. He won zero of his six aerial jewels. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Zero of six. <sighs> that's the one. Yeah. Oh, that's great. the one. Yeah. I hope they
1: talk about that this week on his pod. <laughs> Callum Wilson if you are ever listening to this Callum Wilson bring up those stats on that podcast because that needs discussing especially after the back of their 8-0 win bring
2: that bring that up please that'd yeah. be lovely yeah 100% um, I love it I love I love stuff like that I live for it because genuinely I think this happens a lot I think there's a lot of people and footballers just is mad because how many footballers end up as pundits and this is the pathway they follow they look at a league table but don't look at the context behind it. Mm. And I think this is now the second season, like, the second, the, the second season after Liverpool have had a bad season, where people have gone, Liverpool had a bad season, that means Liverpool must be shit. Yeah. And bear in mind that one of them seasons, Liverpool finished third. You know, you know, like that was that. You know, people thought oh Liverpool was shit, you know, because um, it was real third, then coming out of bad season like Man United finished second. Oh well, they're better than Liverpool. Look, look how many points they finished ahead of Liverpool. Was like yeah, mate, but. Liverpool literally had no centre halves all season and managed to finish well, a place behind it in the league. Off. It's too sensible though, isn't it? No, I know, <laughs> but it, but 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 the point is, is that I don't think some, I think some people do it to be antagonistic, but some some a lot of people looked at Liverpool finishing fifth and went Liverpool, are, Liverpool, are, Liverpool have done. Liverpool have finished, and sa- sadly, a lot of. People in our own fan base seem to feel that as well. And I get it, there's fears that they might be that, but to unequivocally be like, and publicly be like, nah, Liverpool are done. What are you doing? What are you doing saying that Liverpool are done? It's madness, absolute madness. And Michel Antonio um, basically summed up a ton of people online and how, they've, how they're have how they looking at Liverpool. Long may it continue, because a lot of people think that Liverpool are done, because mm-hmm. um, I think it actually helps. Because I think Moïse. It was. I think we're going to see clubs continue to think they can get change out of Liverpool by throwing the kitchen sink at us, and I think we're going to find increasingly You're that yourself out. exactly Liverpool yeah. just Liverpool just start absolutely smashing teams left, right, and centre. So thank you so much, Michael Antonio, you idiot. Um, right, we're going to take a break. Um, after which we are going to be looking a little bit back on the last game uh, and talking about a couple of the issues that was still perhaps face Liverpool uh, despite a. Genuinely brilliant start to the season. Uh, yeah, wrap your ears and eyes around this stuff, and then we will return.
0: One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes.
2: Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt.
0: Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare.
2: Hey, welcome back. Uh, it is the Redmen Originals podcast. Uh, if you want to see uh, the Redmen Originals Five Aside special, it is out now on redmenplus.com. Um, a fun afternoon was had by everyone who played against us um, <laughs> um, yeah and, and just because Chloe asked me to say publicly Chloe played the, the buskets role for us neat and tidy keeping it moving mm, yeah. I think I you know what Chloe I think you need to be more aggressive in your play you've got you, you talk an aggressive game but I wanted to see you beating more people if I'm being honest
3: I'm so sorry the centre back decided to shoot from 30 yards out and had the power of and that could knock me out the straight. power of
2: Thor throwing his fucking Literally, hammer around the world every time
3: one of their centre backs decided to shoot I was not that's that's
2: fine. But I, 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 you, I think you can contract, you can translate your inner mm-hmm. nach into just kicking more ankles. I like
3: doing it to the referee instead. Yeah, that's I like abusing the referee instead. Apparently, brilliant,
2: brilliant. yeah, yeah, yeah. In the mm. in the modern Premier League game, you'd have you'd have accumulated about four red cards. Yes. Um, but yeah, yeah, that that's fine. But um, yeah, really, really good stuff. Do go Doing out a bit different from what we've done previously. Um, my feet have only just recovered. From Are you that. good now though? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're good. I, I, I obviously, I spent two days walking around Vienna and. Lints and no. with with a lot of bandaging and whatever to get me through, but somehow I've managed to manage to push push through and the survive.
3: The ball of had uh, had me off really. Uh, feet were in bits, weren't it? And it was like two days later, he sent me to the wrong side yeah. of the ground and made me do a full two laps of the stadium.
2: There was a point uh, uh, when I woke up on the Thursday morning and had to squeeze pus out of one of my toes, but based on it. So Wowzer, uh, yeah. That Was bad. I was, I, I was in a big bad... I bacon. We
3: this kind of shit.
2: I was in a bad way. Um, <laughs> anyway, speaking of Lask, um, not only were the soles of my feet rebirthed oh, no. during that time, uh, oh, no. my love of European football. Um, Paul Ghost actually wrote an article about this. Um, but I, I, it I totally sundered my general feelings of it. I know you guys weren't there for it, but. I, I don't know what the general perception of it was because it's hard because the Europa League... We, we just laugh at you, you laugh at the Europa League and you laugh at the League Cup and you laugh at the FA Cup when it goes, go, doesn't go your way. Um, Liverpool are in it, and I said this when we went, knew it was confirmed we were going to be playing in it. It's got to be seen as an opportunity, and it can be seen as a cold opportunity of like, well, it's just game time, so these guys can play... These, these lads can play these minutes, but I just thought it was great. There's just something about going somewhere we've not been before, you know, new stadia, new teams, the, their fans, you know, going into an environment where it was so noisy from the first minute to the last. They were, you know, they were absolutely behind the team. Different levels of channels, a challenge, facing up against the worries of complacency and everything. I don't know, what you Dan, what your feeling was on the, the last game, but I, I, I know we went behind and it was a little hairy for a bit, but I just enjoyed the whole the
1: whole experience yeah I, th- I think that's probably fair enough yeah I think just on the Europa League more generally I- I'm made up that we're in it to be honest with you I think we've been spoilt in recent years for want to a better expression because I've grown up on us you know being in the Europa League and that being just a thing that happens like yeah. recent years I was Jürgen Klopp's taking us back to heights we could I could have only dreamt of growing up to be honest with you so yeah. other than 2005 being very much the exception to that of course but yeah I- I'm made up and obviously the final being in Dublin is a little sweetener to that as well but generally speaking for on the game it's difficult on this because we're all expecting, me, Chloe and Chris obviously the build-up and indeed the watch-along, we're all expecting just to sort of brush these aside with sort of minimal fuss, but It's not going to be that easy, I don't think, because we're playing against teams who, we've seen it in the reaction from Union, this is like their opportunity, this is their moment, this is their night, they're welcoming six-time European champions. And that sounds a little bit arrogant, but that's the reality of it as well. These players are going to run through brick walls for 90 minutes just to get close to some of our lads, and that's the way it's going to be, regardless of what team we put out there. So I think we are and we should brace ourselves for sterner tests than we might have expected, certainly when we're going to make the sort of level and the quantity of changes that we made on Thursday. But I see it as a massive opportunity for for different lads and to get some minutes in, and we can use it to our advantage as well. I think we did that quite well the other night because we got some important minutes back into some players and we rested other lads, so it can be a real plus for us this season that the Champions League doesn't necessarily afford you that luxury. But yeah, I think overall on the performance, yet another one, sort of in the face of adversity going 1-0 down. We were pretty much in control, but is another example of the 20 minutes, aside side coming out, and albeit only last in inverted commas, they came at us and they gave us a scare and the goal,
2: like whatever we say about them, but that goal yeah. is high, high class. Yeah, absolutely. I mentioned the, the complacency thing before, Chloe, this is it. You know, I've seen Liverpool sides go to Mansfield Town and need a Luis Suarez handball you know like you know like dodgy dodgy moments to get us across the line in football games i've seen and gerrard die for penalties against like Yeovil town to you know to get us get us across the line in these games because that's the point it's the game of the lives for these and they've got their own fans behind them we've got an expectation this notion of we're just going to walk in and walk back the floor with them ultimately this should be and it shouldn't be we shouldn't be excusing liverpool not winning the games but also this idea of again, I think it creeps into the fan base, but what Dan's saying as well a bit like Liverpool, you know, you, this is what this is what being a football fan is. Your club isn't always at the absolute top, so you've got to enjoy what it comes, and there's got to be some sort of learning experience. And while we've got a good manager like Klopp and good players that we have then it's, there would always be benefits to playing in this in these kind of games.
3: Yeah, I think also from the line-up, I think we were all excited because we'd saw a, a group of players who, you know, bend out the legs of him. I, th- I think we were all screaming out for him to start. Graven we didn't know what he was about yet. You want to know what Wataru Endo's about. Um, you cannot, he's obviously come back in for it. So like, do you
2: know what Wataru Endo's about? I'm no clearer, by the way. Um, yeah, but jettis sure. in the right-back role
1: is the one, by the way. Yeah. In terms of experimental, he was yeah. the one.
3: Harvey Elliott, obviously, yeah. on that side as well. So there was a lot of, like, question marks, but it was all excitement. And yeah. I think we were all very much like, well, these lads, A, half of them need to prove a point. B, they all want to just do well because they're trying to show themselves off. So, like, you expected us to start better than we did. Um and yeah look, we we probably did overestimate last. I think a lot of us were all joking as well when we did it uh, but we we thought, yeah, why not? But it is a case of this is the biggest game in all of those well all of those players' lives
2: and it was it was matched up by the amount of comments I had in the uh, you know on my channel in the vlog of how people were saying like thanks for comments a little you know go you know loving the positivity, and the people were saying like. It's great to see Mohamed Salah play football in our yeah. town. You know what I mean? is just stupid you forget it because you're so used to like yeah, there's an there's a arrogant versus arrogance You know, so when superpower European superpowers, go kind of head to head, and look, it's not got the the glamour and and all that kind of stuff because the stakes are different. You know, the let off when you beat you know we, we we have it. It's not you play Chelsea or Man City or Everton United at Anfield. Every goal is celebrated like it's the best moment ever. Whereas when you've scored two or three against Southampton at home, by the third goal, people aren't jumping up and down and bouncing in the seats, are they? That's just that's just the level of expectations on stuff. But um, again, I, I loved it. You know, if people haven't checked the vlog out, I've done the match vlog, but also done like a travel vlog. To and forth on uh, over on Mage TV, so go and have a little look. It was a uh, smooth sailing. It was not smooth sailing, <laughs> in any way. Shape or form, form, and I had to do stuff that I had to leave out. Like I, was, I mentioned, the, the, the disgrace that was my toe uh, that didn't make it in. Um, I, it, I, I considered it, but then I, by the time it was gone, I went, "Oh, I could have filmed that." I went, "Actually, no, I, I shouldn't have filmed that, so it's fine." Um, okay. But yeah, um, what it, what it leads into, and obviously it kind of then felt it into the to the West Ham game as well, is whether we are still a little bit. Soft at the back, is there? Is the the issue still remain around DM Chloe? We mentioned McAllister. We touched upon Endo. Um, I don't feel as though we've totally boxed our defensive midfield position off just yet, and it does feel a little like we're not the solidity at the back isn't quite what we'd hoped it would be. As much as you know, the, the shape of games is starting to look very familiar, Liverpool. Winning, <laughs> winning more games, the losers start to look very like the Liverpool that we know. There are still a few warning signs there.
3: Yeah, there are, and and you know. You, you talk about defensively in that game I don't think you should look at it in, in, in that terms and just for last because you had Costas who hasn't had as many minutes Andy Robertson I, I remember at Chelsea I, I gave him down the banks because he had the whole, or, or an awful game and no one else helped him out on that left hand side since then it's like he's had the point to prove and he's been brilliant since um, obviously getting Kanate back is, is vitally important we need Trent back as soon as possible because we saw you know I think it's, it's you who said if there's anyone who can do that Trent, role it's Stefan Bajetic, mm-hmm. and it didn't quite go in his favor. Um, but we were all fine with that, we're all sound, given the benefit of the doubt, and, and go and go and go again until he does understand it because it's his first game back and how yeah. long he's playing in a different role. Um, so yeah, there is the, the DM is, is really important to our system, and I don't think we found it. I remember the start of that second half, I was just like, just, just take Endo off. Bring on. It wasn't the game for him. We didn't need someone to constantly win the ball back. We needed someone who was, we had a lot of possession. We needed someone on the ball who was going to be good at that. And those are the two differences in McAllister. McAllister's on, if like West Ham, when we need to dominate the ball and we're going to have loads of the ball, loads of possession. You want him on more. But if, it's going to be end to end footy or you know actually with a way at Spurs ooh it might need more defensive solidity and a person who can really win the ball back and be aggressive maybe that's more end out I didn't really see that from last but it wasn't his kind of game
2: it's really but it's really interesting that you say that because this is what happens with good footballers They come you go what is what is game what game should you be using them in? I remember we did this. I've this Andy Carroll of like, mm. well, do you want him in games where you're playing against the big, barely old school Stoke center halves? And you're like, well, no, because that's what they live, they live for playing against target men, slow target men. Okay. Well, do you want him against like the more technically as well? No, because they're just going to have him have a way. And what I'm thinking we're finding with this DM thing, Dan, is McAllister, as much as. I don't think... We've obviously not bought him to play DM for us. I think he's been good. I think he's been really good. And I've seen a couple of comments here about like, you know, maybe he's been a bit... Tried to be a touch too flamboyant in possession once or twice Mm -hmm. and it's put us under pressure. But at this point now, he's starting games there because there's probably not a type of match... That isn't suited to how he's playing the DM for us. That's what's so interesting about it for me because it's obviously
1: his natural inclination is to be creative and to make things happen in the final third because that's what he's best at. That's what he does for Argentina. That's what he did for the most part for Brighton as well. It, it's really interesting because Chloe's point about sort of not suiting Endo in a game whereby we will dominate possession and sort of dictate terms, is absolutely spot on. That's more, your McAllister's. You can get your technical plays in midfield. you're McAllister, you're obviously. And the signing of Birch is really interesting because, because you've signed him, do you need McAllister to play one of your advanced state quite as much? Perhaps not. So what we're essentially saying there is, is Endo, a lad we're not quite sure about just yet, a lad who probably hasn't sort of, shown us anything yet to sort of hang our hat on and say okay you're this one what we're saying is is that the games that suit him are the most difficult games we're going to play <laughs>
2: Yeah, that's yeah, the yeah, 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 yeah. Manchester
1: City Arsenal possibly yeah. Tottenham away yeah. they're, they're the hard games and Jeez. we're not sure about him but we want him because he's this destroyer type which he is I get it it's a fine yeah. thing to say yeah. because it makes perfect sense until you go well they're the tough games exactly. like yeah, we got yeah. McAllister
2: who's better for the easy games he was getting bypassed against Lask so I'm not sure I'm not convinced by that yeah.
1: I, I still have hope that he'll be a fine footballer yeah. for us and sure. as a squad option goes I think he'll do a perfectly fine job I just don't Know whether we're gonna honestly sit here and say that we're not sure about him in the games whereby we're good, yeah. but if we're up against it, he's the man. Well, I don't know if I, that was that
3: when I say that, I don't actually think he's going to start against. Yeah, players, yeah. And I'd you're be in right What you say? Yeah, no, like, I agree, in no. my head. He's the type to win the ball back. Well, this
2: is the point I want to make on the McAllister thing. Rather than make this a negative on Mataro Endo, which I don't think is fair, it's a positive on on McAllister. Because he's now... We used to have this with Trent and Gomez. It would be like, you know, you played Gomez in the tough games and you played Trent in the games when you dominated the ball. But then Trent became so good that... You know, so you're not going to play against Man City when you need your best technical footballers on the pitch. Mm -hmm. That and that's what McAllister's sort of doing in the DM because we're going to come up against Tottenham and Brighton, and it's the the logical. What do you need? Oh, you know, eventually City and what have you. Do you need your destroyer in there? That makes logical sense to all of us. But in reality, actually, you just want someone who's who's, who's really good on the ball. Do you want to dominate yeah. possession? Do you want someone who's going to unlock things and make things Do you happen? You're going to pick your it? best
1: 11. Yeah, yes. exactly. Is the other thing. I mean, horses, of exactly. courses is one thing. Oh but my the God, minute, how many
3: times he says I this on that. this show? Yeah. I love it. No, no, I love to be
1: favoured a bit. But at the minute, you've got your best 11. I mean, we talked about Darwin Nunes early, but McAllister is in that best yep. 11. Nobody yeah. can tell me otherwise. And yeah. Curtis Jones would sort of be saying I am as well. But I think the interesting thing is well with McAllister, should throw this into the mix, is that the in it, pretty much exclusively, whether it's Pacetic, Gomez or of course Trent when he's in the side, we are getting the right back in alongside him, mm-hmm. which makes his workload and his defensive responsibilities a lot easier. Yeah. So if we're going to continue to do that, he's not the both sides, eyes in the back of my head, six that you might have needed in previous yeah. it's He's not six, trying so. to do so a job, little. Yeah, uh, he had that with Caicedo as well. So it right. is slightly easier for him in terms of his workload in yeah. that case. No,
2: it is. I, I just honestly thought it was a really interesting yeah. point on that is that we've got this thing. And I, I would still be going into the markets in January or certainly, if not, get someone... Unbelievable lines up for the, for the summer. Go and spend the big money and make sure you've got a 22 year old plus who's going to be that, you know, who's going to do what Fabinho did and, and plus. Um, but like right now, it didn't, he's in a merit. Endo would be start Should be, should have played more footy, but even at a moment during the last game where Pacetta, who I think you're right to say Chloe did struggle a little bit with it. But, but, you know, when you consider he's played about 15 minutes of football, you know, and that was under-21s for Spain. Um, it was He played like a lad who hadn't played, played footy in six yeah. months. But there was a moment when he came into the midfield and Endo was get, having a little bit of a struggle and Vachessi just went in, slid in, won the ball. It was a brilliant got, tackle. Yeah, and I was like ah you know when you're watching something you're like that's actually what we've been missing a little bit from the midfield so we're actually we're probably not a million miles away from there's going to be an interesting race I think with when Trent comes back to to fitness Um about what we do with the right back role and who? what's the pecking order for the defensive midfielders because Stefan Pachetis has, has quietly become a bit of a forgotten man for us because no one really considered him because he was injured mm. in, in the summer as much for like, you know, a lot of people talk about not wanting to get him in the way of his progression, sure, but nobody thought now he's ready to be starting games, but there might come a point where he's so good that you do just rotate him with McAllister. Um I want to talk, just to move things on slightly before we wrap up, um, based on Tunes Red, uh, Andrew Beasley put a, a tweet out and just the comment around it, he says, this sort of thing is basically irrelevant when you're up against City, but only eight of the last 28 Premier League champions had better starts than Liverpool have had in 22 today. Phenomenal effort. Um, podcast listeners, it, I don't think I can really read this out and make too, too much sense, but uh, if you want to see it, check out 23 book. Uh, sorry, the Liverpool 23-24. Oh, right. Sorry, my bad. Say, if yeah. I said that, I misspoke and I apologise <laughs> wholeheartedly. Um, that'll make it even <laughs> don't, more confusing. whatever you do. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um yeah, so just in terms of the teams that have had um, equal or better starts, ninety-nine, two thousand, Manchester United, uh won five, drew one, um, at, a, at a goal difference of twelve. 2005-2006 Chelsea had 18 points 6 wins from 6 had a goal difference of 12 and that one I didn't concede a goal in the first wow. 6 games in that one uh, Chelsea again in 2009-2010 uh, 18 points 11-12 City 16 points they had 14-15 Chelsea 16 points 17-18 City 16 points 18-19 Man City 16 points 19-20 Liverpool had 18 points from this, from this stage and so far as we know Liverpool have got 16 points from that so they're the, 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 the champions now of course I think it's fair to say that Liverpool might have had a better start in or an equal start in, in another one of those campaigns but then only finished second to Man City so it's yeah. it is a thing someone then tweeted are you preparing us for a, a finishing second on 100 points uh, which is a, a point to be bear, to be bearing in mind um, yes so it's interesting that yeah we've 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 started well um, and I think the most encouraging thing for me Chloe is I can see where the room for improvement is and it's the things we've discussed I'm not 100% certain on the DM thing I'm not 100% on the on the, the pecking order for that just yet we haven't seen McAllister played in the position that I think we've bought him for um, Trent has missed a couple of games now through injury there's We've had a couple of injuries. We've had to chop and change in the back four a little bit as well. And again, I don't think everyone's totally on the same page in terms of stylistically, you know, this is not a club reference. This is year one, not year six, year eight, year nine, whatever. Um, I see these as good things. We're putting down a great start to the season. It's only early doors, but... I just feel like, I, for me, I feel like that well. I don't know how you feel.
3: The more you understand the system, the the better the players know each other as well, because we're talking about players who are, who are new here. Yeah. Mc, McAllister, Sobos, they're, they're both new. Even Darwin Nunes is slightly new to it. Um, Louis Diaz even is, is still new to it. Everyone's new to this new system. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a lot to build on from, um, and it means that if we're doing so good so far, um, there is room for improvement and the more you understand the system and what Jurgen Klopp wants from you, hopefully the better it'll be. And we know how much Liverpool love to bounce into three games a season. That'll start happening now. Uh, three games a week, sorry. Um and, and we know how much we like to bounce into them and use the rhythm of them. Um So, yeah, there's there's so many good points to pick from it. The problem that I do have is... um, you know, we've played some decent teams, but the likes of Chelsea had an unbelievable game against us and have absolutely fell off a cliff. I think the problem is, you know, we've mentioned defensive liabilities sometimes, the DM role. When you're coming up against Spurs and Brighton in the next two, we're going to really be tested. Yeah. And that's when Liverpool really needs to show their class because it's Sam doing it against... Look, Aston Villa, great team. Mm-hmm. West Ham, great team so far this season. Bournemouth... You know, they're all right, yeah, but we've not done it against. Yeah, haven't won in. 10 or something, but yeah, yeah, but Tom Solanke, you know what I mean? I'm just trying to give him props. What um, happens? but we're not when these the bigger teams is where we're gonna have to dig deep and we're gonna make sure that any errors, any individual errors, uh, are cut out of the game completely and we fully focus, yeah. And that's
2: the thing, it goes to the point Dan Kennan put it to his he's saying, uh, Liverpool 16 Premier League games unbeaten 40 points from the last 48, that's 95 point season mm-hmm. pace, but City are 46 um, from 50. 50- fifty one in the same period a hundred and three point season, and that's you know Maybe that's the yeah exactly um, and he said we've already had 97 points and not win the league and also a 92 Arsenal got 50 from the first 57 last season and didn't win the league that's what you're up against but it goes back to my point on this is that I still, I'm still i happy and content in this world of lowered expectations and some people think that's a real negative thing it's actually not if you're rebuilding a side and actually for your own happiness you know I, I, I'm glad that we're not being talked about as being going toe to toe with Manchester City it seems like everyone's kind of accepted that City are now this super superpower and they're going to just go and kind of continue to do things I'm kind of hoping this is the season where if City make a mistake the rest of footy actually goes ha 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 mm-hmm. as opposed to like get upset about it because yeah. Liverpool might steal a march. we'll have to see whether that's the case but um, anyway we had a couple of um, Super chats while we were doing this. Uh, Alex LFC just sent in twenty euros and said, "Loving the content." Thank you. That's very nice, nice, isn't that really, really, really really, really nice indeed? And we've had another one which I have misplaced, which I will find momentarily. So bear (laughs) with me a second. Um, Oh yeah, uh, True Trap Bullies says, "I don't think the best eleven is even a thing now, as you have to adapt to opposition." Uh, We have a phenomenal squad that can handle all situations. That's class. Dan, I I totally agree with that. 100%, yeah. I think you
1: always sort of... You always sort of reference the fact that if we a Champions League final, you League final tomorrow. What would your team be? So that does exist, but the squad point is absolutely spot on. and something I spoke about in glowing terms yesterday. Because our squad, the bench yesterday was an absolute farce. Like Begetich, Ben Doke, and somebody couldn't get on the bench. Harvey Tiago and um, Trent not available. They're not in the day squad yet, and our bench was just so so packed. And I think this is why we're seeing ourselves grow into games more and more as the game goes on. Because while the opponents they lose legs, they get tired, their change has actually weakened the side, our lads come on yesterday at one point we had Jota and Gakbo coming on, if you're a defender you're looking over going, they're messing they are messing, I've been chasing Salah, Nunes and Diaz all afternoon and they're bringing on those two now, like it's scary the amount of squad depth we've got yeah
3: Including Grabbingbert in that as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's a six for three lads who looks like a unit about to come on in midfield. It it's brilliant to to see the, the squad depth and I a hundred percent agree with that. And that's why, with so many chopping and chopping and changes so far this season, every every start eleven that we've put out there, I can totally understand it I can mm-hmm. fully be like, yes, I'm sure. I'm okay with this. Um but yeah, Katie Akpo came on and like one of his first touches was he he did some flick over in the Corner won the corner for us when Some
1: levels of quality just we're talking about here yeah. is just it's it's freaky. Like Joss, yeah. I think like and Gakpo. I mean, and then you have minutes minute are playing now in 40 matches that can only be a positive thing yes. for us with that strength. Yeah.
2: Absolutely, I, it really feels like. And again, people have talked all the summer long was like Liverpool's mismanagement, mismanagement. And I'm not denying that you know that there's been major mistakes made in the transfer market in, in recent years, but. Right now, you know they've, they've finally had to take major surgery. But this is the point: it feels like we've actually got a squad, the, an, enough players capable of of, yeah. of sustaining a season under the rules as well. As you say, yeah. it's going to be if we're going to be playing five to fifteen minutes of additional time, you know, every single game. That only benefits Liverpool mm. because, you know, as I say, you know, look at, look at what Newcastle did. Newcastle took off the players and you said it rightly it made them weaker yeah. when they played against those at St James's and West Ham did exactly the same thing. Mm-hmm. West Ham have got we mentioned them earlier they've got Paqueta and they've got Bowen and they've got Michel Antonio Who and does? Uh, yeah yeah but the, but those three are their linchpin to yeah. the best West yeah. Ham. They they they're, they're, the, they're their game winners. They're the yeah. best players at their football club and if they run out of steam that's it. They've not got anything of the sufficient quality, and we're in a position where we're waxing lyrical about McAllister and Soberslie, who've only played six games, six and seven games for us so far. But we're talking about them like they're established footballers. They've literally only played five hundred minutes of footy Mm -hmm. for us in terms of getting themselves into into the ideas. Birch has had two substitutes, or no, sorry, he had one start and a substitute and two substitute appearances, you know, so far. Small sub appearances at that. Yeah. And then those had very, very similar as well for us. And Harvey Elliott. Yeah. Yeah. Harvey yeah. Elliott was a nailed
1: on starter for the early part of last season. I'm fully aware that last season was what it was, a bit of a catastrophe. However, he is a perfectly, perfectly capable Premier League footballer, like without a shadow of a doubt whatever we think of it, our misconceptions or whatever he's a very good footballer and he goes come on every single time chomping at the bit, I was quite surprised he didn't do the same yesterday to be honest with you, but it might be the fact he got more minutes in Europe in the week, who knows, but he's been brilliant when he's been called upon and he'll be absolutely desperate to continue to impact games of football, so to have those lads on the bench, not even needing half of them, yeah. but it's just it's, honestly, it's, it's a conversation that I'm so glad we're allowed to have now because because it hasn't been the case for so long, yeah. Yeah. but it gives us, in my opinion, a huge, huge advantage. With five subs in the minutes, like we say, it's massive for yeah. us. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Really, really positive stuff in the Reds. So far, and a number of the players playing in red, most of them in fact um, yes that is the podcast for this week thank you so much for watching uh, for listening for subscribing to the YouTube channel uh, and of course for following us on the likes of Acast uh, and beyond if you want more uh, if you want to check out the five-a-side special then do that's uh, redbandplus.com if you want to hear the three of us now go and do the bias football podcast where we're going to laugh our asses off at Chelsea Um we're going to talk about the North London derby and some of the contentious decisions in that uh, and the rest of the big talking points on the weekend's action then come and join us over on redmenplus.com. Uh, that would be absolutely amazing. Anyway, thank you so much. Uh, have a boss week, and the originals will be back next week. ta
0: Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns so you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from rust Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods,